So welcome everyone back to Marlo's Conversations with Friends, Topics Around Wellbeing. I am Marlo Boyle, founder of Cultivate You. And we are talking today about a topic, I would call this part two, and I think in this whole vein of, of these conversations, I'll probably get up to like part 10 around this topic, and it is the environment and this planet, and it is uh, a topic I am very passionate about and have been for a long time because of my work for almost 30 years with a global environmental company and the knowledge and education that I was given during that time, and then certainly how I expanded my own resources. So today I am delighted to bring to our conversation a new friend, Miss um, Anne-Marie Sampson, and I want to tap into her passion today around the environment and looking at us more from how can we on a day-to-day -day basis, the decisions that we make, and, and we'll get into that. Um, and we will certainly probably explore some bigger picture things as well, but we'll just start with the small things that we know we can do every day. So thank you for being here, Anne-Marie. I am delighted. Thank you for having me. I'm equally delighted. Yay. Um, so we'll just dive in. I read consistently. Uh, I have a lot of outlets, as I'm sure you do, in terms of environmental research and the changes that we can and steps we can take every single day. And oh, too often I see, and I really just want to know your thoughts around it, uh, that all these small steps every day don't really make a difference in climate change. And I know that overall, we as a country, as a globe, we have larger systemic changes we need to make. That's mm -hmm. to me a given because um, mm -hmm. there's some massive things that really have to change. In fact, I was just listening to a short little piece this morning again around it. Um, but I do think that the choices we make every day have an impact. And so I want to start there, kind of like, what are your feelings? Because you know, when I see you on your Instagram and when we had our first conversation and we talked, I knew uh, and gathered uh, and you shared all the things that you do every day that make a difference. So yeah, let's go there. Yeah. So you know what? It's interesting because it's easy to say, oh my gosh, this is an elephant and we can't take the elephant down, right? Right. Um, so I think that that's, that can be a cop out. I think that can be a cop out in almost any conversation. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, unless we're doing things intentionally, unless we're doing things small, so small steps, small things that you can do, it's not going to make a difference, right? So if we aren't making d deliberate decisions um, in our everyday practices, whether that's something as simple as taking your shoes off before you enter the home so you're not carrying allergens through the house or potentially thinking about never buying a plastic water bottle again and only bringing you know, a reusable water bottle everywhere you go. Unless you're making those small decisions, we're never gonna impact the bigger decisions because if you're not doing those little things, why would you make a decision to think about you know, where your consumer dollars are going. So mm -hmm. in my heart, 
that's where you have to start because unless you're being intentional, the bigger picture isn't going to change. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is we can impact the health of our homes. I mean, we can, we can imp impact our health and the health of our homes. And if we do that, it will impact the health of our communities. And if we impact the health of our communities, it's going to impact the health of our state. And if we mm -hmm. impact the health of our state, it's going to impact the health of our country. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of my initial feeling is that you could look at it as, you know, the problem is too big. And if corporate America or manufacturing isn't changing what they're doing, mm -hmm. why should I change what I'm doing? But I think we have to start the other way. Right, I agree. And of course, I probably should preface the whole conversation to say, if anyone is listening to this, uh, that you have to actually believe that climate change is an issue. Let's just start there, uh, mm -hmm. because we also know that so many people say, well, global warming, I'm not warm, I'm cold, it's not mm -hmm. warm enough, and, and dismantling that terminology that uh, for people to understand that climate change is a result of the earth is getting hotter because of the amount of greenhouse gases from industrialization and mass agriculture mm -hmm. and um, being released into the atmosphere. And it's breaking down those protective barriers that we have had on this planet prior to all of this uh, boom that has taken place in the last, you know, almost 200 years. Right. So until people actually acknowledge that fact first, uh, although those people probably won't even be listening to this. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, I even, I can think of, like when I talked to my mom about this, this was a few years ago, and then we'll I want to dive into daily choices, but she is a huge fan of uh, shopping at the dollar stores. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm like, oh. And my mom, um, her generous heart, she doesn't have a, a ton to give. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but she wants to show her love always to her kids. And so she loves buying little trinkety things and sure. whatever and puts together what she can to give us. And I was educating her a number of years ago. I said, mom, I, I do really love you dearly. I know you love me too. I really need you to stop buying me things. Right. Like just stop buying me things. Okay, if you really wanna buy me something, how about you get me a gift certificate to Cops Custard so I can have custard every time I come see you because that <laughs> makes my heart sing. Right. But I explained to her, I said, the the deal that I have with these trinkets, mom, is that they're being manufactured in China. And it's not China that I have an issue with. It's right. it's the fact that, you know, I explained to her, I said, these third world countries that we have sourced all this stuff out to is a massive contributor to uh, climate change, you right. know, uh, from India to Bangladesh to Taiwan to China. Right. And, you know, we had this conversation and she sort of sort of understood it and sort of was like yeah i don't really care uh i still want to get these little bobbleheads that i get at the dollar store <laughs> so um, in fact she asked me about them the other day again um so let's like let's talk about when we say so let's just pretend uh everyone listening uh, or everyone who's gonna listen to this has acknowledged that climate change is an issue 
Okay. Mm. We have problems in so many ways from erratic storms to the seasons of the year being pushed down probably about a month, I would say. So agriculture's changed. Mm. Um, so I love how you said uh, just earlier that, you know, taking your shoes off so that you don't bring allergens inside. Right. It's a fantastic example. Yeah. Requires no effort. Although, no. you know, just bending down if you can to take your <laughs> shoes off or sit down. Um, so let's just talk about um, what our daily choices or what are the what are the choices that we can make daily that might have the biggest impact? Because although I know you and I in this conversation will throw out many examples, um, my philosophy and what I teach across the board is it has to be realistic. People have to yeah. have to be able to do this daily and not be pissed off at me about it or right. you know themselves. So let's just talk about the big like what are big things I can do on a daily basis and kind of break them down? Right. So that's the interesting piece, right? Convenient, affordable, and accessible. Because mm -hmm. even if you are talking to, let's say, you know, 5% of the population that can afford the time and the luxury to make a decision, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just start there. Yeah. It, is that really going to make a difference? And is that the only audience that we want to talk to? And the reality mm -hmm. is these are small changes that can improve everybody's health and well-being. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's like, you know, first and foremost. The interesting thing when you were sharing the story with your mom is, um, and it's become a joke. Um, my kids will say, my oldest son says that his favorite thing about me is that we, that I don't buy them presents. And I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh really? That's your favorite thing. about me? <laughs> like, really? There's nothing else. There's nothing else. Oh no. <laughs> but we stopped a long time ago and mm -hmm. I don't even know why, but you know, no Christmas presents, no birthday gifts, mm -hmm. no Easter baskets. And I think psychologically in the back of my head, this idea of having clutter in this stuff, and it is as much about where it was being manufactured as it was, what happens when you're done with it in an mm -hmm. hour or two mm -hmm. hours, it's mm -hmm. going somewhere and it's going into landfill and that's never going away. Mm -hmm. So again, when you talk about like the cycle or circle of life, it's, mm -hmm. it's as much about, okay, it's being manufactured and that's harmful. And then it's being shipped over here and that's harmful. And then when we're bored with it in an hour, that's harmful. Right. 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 So I think just making conscious decisions. And by the way, that is not based on economics. It, mm -hmm. it, and they do studies on this people who you know, have less or live in low income situations, literally have as much stuff in their home. Oh, yeah. You think about that. Like, absolutely it's crazy. So it's not about this mentality of abundance um, is something I think we definitely need to get away from, like where we find our joy, you know, right. find your joy in space and room and that type of thing. So as far as like small steps, um, again, I know that sounds super simple, but things like taking your shoes and your coats off in a, in a spot and not traveling those through your home. That really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, making the decision to turn lights off. Again, um, it's not going to save you thousands of dollars in your electric bill. It may save you a dollar or two, 
but those light fixtures or those light bulbs aren't going to end up in landfill because they're going to last longer. Mm -hmm. So there's a little economic benefit, but then again, that end result of where that goes, that's a big deal. So something as simple as that, turning the water off when you're brushing your teeth, like mm -hmm. that's so simple, it doesn't cost any money. Right, it's, it's a trickle effect. Off. Yes, it's a trickle effect. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep going, I'm with yeah. you on so, every yeah. so. That was, you know, one of the things like in, it's so interesting when you talk from a public health perspective and um, a year ago, people became more aware of washing their hands than ever before. Well, I mean, I work in integrative healthcare. Washing our hands is the most important thing we do, right? Right. In our office. right. But then I did a bunch of just, you know, funny like videos, like turn the water off. Like there's no reason like you know, sud your hand, turn the water off, wash your hands, turn the water back on. And it's those simple things that definitely make a difference. Um, right. So again, that's something super simple to do. Washing your clothes in cold water. Mm -hmm. And if the effect of this is there's so many numbers and so many letters, like I can't, I'm not a numbers person, so I can't break down the force of energy and like, that's not my jam. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it from a economic standpoint in your home, you will absolutely save money. But the mm -hmm. resources you save by washing in cold water is unbelievable from an environmental perspective. Again, mm -hmm. these are simple changes. You don't have to go out and do anything new. You don't have to buy anything new. They're just changes that you need to make in your home. Right. Unplugging appliances, like that's something people don't think about. Appliances no, that, that can be unplugged. Use. Correct. Things that yeah. you don't use. I'm not telling you to unplug the refrigerator, but right. when you're not using your coffee maker, sure. unplug the coffee maker. Right. When you're not using your um, you know, treadmill, and not many people have a treadmill in your home, but if you do, unplug the treadmill. Like right. there's things that we can do. Um, we have a hot water heater. That's the way we heat our water for our tea. Sure. You know, we keep that unplugged. Um, so your blow dryer, don't keep it plugged into the socket. So there right. are things that, and they just need to become habits, right? Mm -hmm. They need to become, we don't think about. So things done over a period of time eventually become habits. And those are small intentional steps mm -hmm. that do make a difference. They're going to make a difference in your home. They're going to make a difference in your wallet. They're going to mm -hmm. make a difference for our planet. Yeah, and to before we move on to even more stuff, when you said your kids said uh, the favorite thing was that you didn't buy them things, which I would have probably, had, I mean, I would have had the same reaction, like, come on, there's more to me than just that. But I started, uh, well, this would have been 30 years ago. So when I first moved out on my own, I, of course, I didn't have any money really at all. Right. Uh, I think I was making $13,000 a year which I was really okay with at the time. But I, and of course I had a credit card bill that was not where it should have been either. So it was not good. But anyways, I decided um, I was an artist at the time and I would make art. That didn't totally go over very well because not everybody appreciated that in my family, but I decided, well, I'm gonna make cookies um, and I'm going to, I, I put the, made the package. The cookies didn't turn out so hot that first round because I chose to use country crock butter spread, which was something that we had towards the tail end of my living at home. 
versus good old sticks of butter. And yeah, so that was a little disaster, but I couldn't waste them. I was like, I don't have money to remake these and they're still going to get put in the bag, blah, blah, blah. My point is that I have continued to make my, and that's just Christmas. I've continued to make Christmas gifts mm -hmm. always. I always handmade the containers and uh, they always get baked goods and I support the farmer's market goods. So I would put those in there and, uh, and I've continued to do that uh, for a small group of people. And, and I, as same as you, I just stopped buying things. Yeah for people in general, cause I thought, first of all, like you don't need anything. And if you really need something, I'd rather give you an experience, right? not a thing. Because one of the things that's really difficult for me and uh, it, it is gonna be a question that I wanna get to later is um, the whole idea of, uh, the bigger word is capitalism mm -hmm. as it relates to our daily decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, when you stop, when you really start to think about minimizing mm -hmm. what you're buying, what you have in your household, what you're using, what you don't need, uh, versus what you do really need to get through, uh, that changes the whole economics. Like if everybody thought this way, the whole economics of the country and the world will just stick to the United States, but it will affect every country that we do business with it would be a massive shift right. it would change a lot of things don't you think absolutely and that's the thing that that's hard right we are a capitalistic society mm -hmm. um and it doesn't really matter what you're doing right it doesn't matter if you're in an industry like us i mean we're all selling something right yeah, i mean yeah. so that is and i do think about that the idea isn't to put you know, business or corporate America or mm. corporations out of business. That's not the point, right? Mm. But I mean, are there are there businesses that I think could go away and we'd all be for the better? Absolutely. Except for maybe the, you know, 2000 employees that work for that company. Right. <laughs> right. Is there a way to repurpose what they do? Right. Um, so I think that that that's a hard thing. It's a hard um, decision. And that's not I think that's where people get hung up. Right. Mm. But it, the other thing that's interesting, though, when you think about it, is that every time there's a shift. So here's an example. Remember when you used to go through the toll roads mm -hmm. and you put the money in and there was yeah. a real life person that stood there? Well, all of a sudden that became automated. That job went away. Right. But there's always creation of new jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. think that that's the thing. You know, if, if we think, you know, from a um, standpoint of um of, of more of abundance as opposed to you know that you know, scarcity that, yeah like there's a big difference there like there are ways to you know reinvent or repurpose um yourselves and there are things if we're all going to be super honest with each other there are things we just don't need right um and there also again when you're talking again about some of the way you know corporate america works um and again, whether you're talking about agriculture or manufacturing or even, you know, uh, you know, fuel, I mean, it doesn't matter what the, it is. If you can't take a step back and objectively say, yeah, we can be doing better. I think that's a kind of shame on you. Right. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you have to go away, but I am saying if you can't, if all you're looking at is the bottom line, you know, that's where I think we get in trouble. And people, because you had said it before, like, 
well, there's people that don't believe in climate change or global warming. And I think that at the heart, if you were going to have a heart to heart, we're not recording you, I'm never going to repeat this to anyone. I don't think many people would say from the bottom of their heart that they don't believe there's something going on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even in the poorest of communities that are not as exposed necessarily to, let's say, the coastlines or issues, mm -hmm. uh, everyone is feeling it. You can't mm -hmm. not not feel it from you have more rain going on or the rain is happening in different areas in your rural area or you notice as farmers, something has changed, you know, right. about the planet. And so, uh, you know, when I, if we go further into our daily choices, um, which bring me to almost uh, like food choices. I'm a, mm -hmm. a, I'm a huge, huge supporter of uh, farmers Mm -hmm. local farmers but farmers in general regenerative farming mm -hmm. uh and i'm very much against mass uh, mm -hmm. mass production mass korea uh, mass farming it drives right. me i mean it's like makes my skin crawl right uh, and so even when i talk about food choices for people um that because i look at it across uh, you and i are both privileged people period. Uh -huh. yes so I try to put myself uh, in as many people's shoes as I can. Sure. So from a low-income individual to who has very little access to right. people in rural areas uh, who have access to different things. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about some of those kinds of decisions that help move us towards um, keeping a little bit more balance or doing uh, one step better than we did the day before, the week before, the year before. Mm -hmm. um, because when I think about food accessibility to low-income people mm -hmm. uh, and how do they feed their families and what are the choices, I mean, that's an entirely different conversation of nutrition and all of that. but. To look at, uh, I just read an article yesterday from Mark Bittman, who is a massive advocate for uh, changing the way agriculture looks in this country and farming. Right. Uh, and he says, and I'm just staring at the article right now, that farming is to maximize healthy food for humans and minimizing damage to the land and other creatures though those haven't been guiding principles, they should have been all along the way. And, right. you know, I don't think people really think about very often uh, how food is affecting and the decisions that they make, how food affects the planet and the degradation right. of it. Right. So what are your thoughts in a person's daily life? What are things we can do? Uh, because food is, the life source for us. I sure. mean, water's first air, you can't live without right. it. So we need quality of air. Right. You know, that's a whole conversation. Right. Um, and there's not a whole lot we can do necessarily about the quality of air, except driving better cars. But, right. you know, that goes into a number of areas, but water's next. Mm -hmm. um, protection of our, our water is massive. I yeah. work with Alliance for the Great Lakes and 
And that's earlier you had said about turning water off when you brush your teeth. Um, people don't really, people in uh, abundant areas where you have water, but right. that would be most of the United States. Right. Uh, don't think about exactly my water's coming out of my faucet. So, right. what, what, you know, and I'm like, well, it's not finite. Right. But they can't see that. They can't understand that concept because, you know, we have an 80 mile wide lake sitting right here. Right. Exactly. Um, so talking about that, but just talking about food choices as well, I think is a big deal. Yeah. It's interesting, right? So that's the, um, cause you, you, you do, you talk about affordability, accessibility. So it's interesting though, because and, and use the word privilege. And I'm so mm -hmm. glad that you, that, that you called out that reality, but I've got several friends, several, like in the double digits uh, who live really kind of off the grid um, mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere, you know, they've got, you know, 17, 18, 19 acres. Um, they've got a cow, a couple chickens, you know, some land. Um, and they don't have, when you're talking about access, they don't have access to anything. They don't have mm -hmm. access. But the point is that's still a privileged lifestyle. They get mm -hmm. the opportunity to grow their own food and harvest their own food and eat seasonally. You know, obviously living where you and I both live, we have the luxury, quite frankly, of both because we mm -hmm. have access to food in a store, but we also have access to growing food. I mean, we have a huge garden in our home. I mean, mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. Um, we are, you know, I'm, I am minutes away from farmer's markets mm -hmm. year round, by the way, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, so, but then Eden restoration, which is the nonprofit, um, that I am with, you know, we're growing food in North Chicago, which is about seven minutes from where I live and they don't have a grocery store, mm -hmm. um, in North Chicago. So we're literally growing food in at-risk communities, teaching people, you know, where it comes from. Some of this is, um, you know, what you, and again, when you look at it in more of a circular type of approach, mm -hmm. it's not just that eating um, a carrot is better for you than eating a bag of Doritos. Mm -hmm. it's also that when you eat the carrot, you're going to be healthier and being healthier is going to allow you to make better decisions and making mm -hmm. better decisions is going to be better for your home, your family, your community, and our planet. I mean, and I know it, it doesn't sound like it's all right. Is it really that, is it really that simple? And I think it is. It I agree. really is that simple. Mm -hmm. um, so I sometimes think that it's a, it, it can be, um, and listen to me, I think the biggest sellout on the planet is Whole Foods, which is owned by Amazon. And you walk mm -hmm. in the place and the first thing you see is more plastic than mm -hmm. you would see at Reynolds Wrap, for goodness mm -hmm. sake. Mm -hmm. um, it, it sets me over the edge. Um, but that's hard to have a conversation, right? With people who think they're walking in and doing the right thing. And you're like, dude, Amazon is wreaking havoc on our planet. They are literally telling people, shop as much as you want. We're going to send it to you for free and it's going to be there overnight. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like when mm -hmm. you look at what they've done, to our carbon footprint and they don't manufacture a single thing. We mm -hmm. have to change this. I need it now. I need it faster. Right. I need it better. Like you walk into Whole Foods and they have a peeled orange in a plastic container. container. Right. And you're like, what in the world is going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
um, instant gratification is what we became when we industrialized this country. Yes. My, from my perspective. And I, you know, in my former line of or my past work, a lot of it, it, it affected there, but that's in a different way. But it was a lot of individuals don't want to change their lifestyles mm-hmm. uh, and invest time and or a different kind of resource to change themselves or to change their life, mm-hmm. you know, to change the course of their life. And I think I, I fully agree with you in that the food we choose affects, it absolutely affects our health, but in affecting our health, it does allow us to be able to make those better decisions mm-hmm. you spoke of. And people don't necessarily think about that. And M, I don't think you and I are saying, well, that doesn't mean we want you to ever stop, never have a whatever, an ice cream sundae or right. that bag of ho-hos ever again, right. although I won't, but uh, the ice cream sundae I might have, but not the ho-hos. <laughs> uh, but the point is, is that we are just, we are a country of consumerism mm-hmm. and that instant gratification. I want it here. I want it now. I want it today. And one of the things I teach uh, in nutrition in my courses and with clients when I talk about seasonal eating yeah, um, and local, and mm-hmm. I get it, it is hard in a lot of places and mm-hmm. particularly it's not hard here in the Midwest, but what's hard to people is they go, well, I want a banana. I want avocados regularly. I want kiwis. Right. I want strawberries all year round. And I right. go, okay, well, that's first of all, let's just talk about the energetics of food. Mm-hmm. Um, let me give you a little history on what grows in each season. Right. And um, why we need it. And why we need it. Why mother nature did that in right. this why do you region. Need vitamin C in the winter. Well, here, right. right. You know, there's a reason yes. why things grow in each reason. Yes. And so if you want all the stuff that California has, then I guess you should move to California. 100%. If you want the stuff that's in Taiwan or Thailand, all the tropical stuff, well, then you probably should move there. Right. There's a reason why things were growing. And yes, people brought stuff over from other countries, obviously, mm-hmm. when they developed this one. But it also became very apparent when they did that, that it's not going to grow in certain regions. Peaches growing all year round in Georgia do not grow all year round here in Michigan. Right. So that's probably one of the biggest speed hurdles. I call them hurdles. They're not speed bumps because they chop you off for people. Some people just chops them off at the hips and it's really hard for people to get past that. So I'll say to them, okay. If this is really difficult for you, how about you just minimize how many things you're getting from outside this region right. each season and limit it to like a couple instead of 10. Right. You know, particularly things like bananas or avocados. Right. I understand the benefits of those in the diet. I really do understand and I get it. So if that's your vice and that's what you really have to have, okay, I can handle that. What can you minimize? What can you do better in the rest of your diet to stick to local? And there are a lot of people that I know who really have an issue trying to get and an issue, not because it's not accessible to them, right? uh, But because they don't feel like they have the energy or the time to get to a farmer's market, right? 
um, or to think about, even if they are going to go into Whole Foods, to look at where is this food coming from? Where's it being right. shipped in from? Right. To not use a plastic bag to right. put the food in when you're standing at whatever grocery store, right. whether it's Aldi, Valley, whatever right. they are across the country, Jewel, Pick and right. Save, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's just decisions when you walk into a grocery store that you right. can make. Absolutely. Um, and so when I think about that too, because uh, I said that that's a whole podcast in itself, all right. of that. Um, <laughs> but I think about also then the reduce, reuse, recycle aspects, Correct. the amount of waste we have in general, not just food waste. Right. Which you know, not everybody lives in a house and has, you know, a garden such as what you have. I live in a condo building. Right. So I can't, yeah, yeah, I have a condo and um, we have squirrels, so they eat food off our porch. So I can't have, I can't have that kind of garden, but um, let's just talk about reduce, reuse, recycle. What can we do about that in our households on a daily basis that can make a difference? So I would say like my and here's the thing that's super hard to swallow. I mean, reduce and reuse has to be our focus because the reality is the recycle programs that are available, they don't work. Um, they most, they, yeah, and it's mostly because it's so confusing. I mean, I consider myself beyond knowledgeable and mm-hmm. I'm telling you recycling to me is, I, I would rather just not buy something because it's so confusing and it's so hard and the amount of contamination, like, you leave the wrong plastic cap on a bottle and throw it into the recycle, that entire load never gets recycled. So I think we have to stop talking about recycle. I really do. I think that we have to focus on reduce and reuse. I mean, I think that the biggest, the single largest thing that we can do as consumers is choose to shop from manufacturers in your own country, like whenever possible, I shop from a U.S. manufacturer. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I buy all my consumables. It's convenient. It's affordable. It's accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, shopping seasonally, like, you know, berries are one of the hard things for me. Like, if people knew what really went on with Driscoll, they would never buy a Driscoll berry if their life depended on it. And, right. you know, the reality is the thing that's hard though with that piece, Marlo, is that those are people of privilege. Mm-hmm. that have both time and resources that are making those decisions to buy organic mm-hmm. berries from Driscoll in mm-hmm. Whole Foods, packed in plastic, you know, where migrant workers are treated horrifically. I mean, right. they're making that decision, right? So that's hard for me to sometimes swallow. I'm mm-hmm. like, you could choose to make a different decision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that if you really focus on reduce and you know reuse like what like in coffee grounds is a really super easy one like coffee Mm -hmm. grounds are something even if you can't compost Mm -hmm. coffee grounds are something that can easily be turned into other things like even if you live in a condo you can find dirt where you're literally just taking your coffee grounds and spreading them or turning your coffee grounds into a scrub that you can use you know to exfoliate your skin and coffee grounds are one of those fun things that you can really and that's small and that's something how about not using a paper filter anymore when you're making coffee get a reusable copper filter like right. again super easy like if you are committed to tea 
How about doing only loose leaf tea? Again, mm -hmm. that's a small thing. And again, we're focusing on reducing and we're focusing on that, you know, reuse part. Because again, even with tea bags, like the recycle piece of that is super hard because those tea bags don't recycle. <laughs> yeah, and with recycling, when you're talking about it, it's actually a very, uh, and I'm sure you know this, it's a very um, politically pro profit. Terrible. It's horrible. It's like a, was like a mafia. It's unbelievable. You know, because what's profitable big to business. the waste man. Yeah. It's big business. Big so, business. you know, whatever number plastic, yeah. plastic number is going to get them the most money that day, that week, yep. that's all they're going to recycle. And the rest yep. goes in the landfill and then yep. they get a subsidy for it. Yep. Garbage is big business. Don't kid yourself. Big. Business. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh -huh. it is reducing that amount yep. of packaging in general. Yep to what you know at least can be recycled 100%. properly yeah for sure yeah. and that the education piece of that is easy like you know it really is like even if you're talking about consumable goods like things like in personal care cleaning laundry um you know even in the medicine cabinet you know there are um corporations out there choosing to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and, you know, and I'm not the person because I, I, I do think that the people think I am. I'm not the person making my own deodorant. I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. not making my own laundry detergent. That's I'm a not. little, that's a little far. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. I'm making super good decisions and I know who I'm shopping from and I'm mm -hmm. making choices and I'm certainly not buying from a manufacturer that's, you know, shipping from you know, like you said, China or from, I don't care how clean the ingredients are. Once your mm -hmm. mascara comes from, you know, Australia, who cares how clean the ingredient? Right. Because the amount them. of energy it took right. to get there. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, the, the food industry. So I think that with consumables, I think people can, if they could just make decisions to be better educated and they can save money and they can save time and be deliberate. I think there's a way to kind of change that. I really do. Mm -hmm. Food is hard because I think exactly what you're saying is that people get used to, well, I want a blueberry in December or, mm -hmm. but if they, you know, or avocado, I mean, my goodness, what's going on with the avocado industry oh. as it relates to human rights, um, <laughs> not to mention water is horrific, but yeah. I do think people would think I do think people would think twice if they knew, right? I, I, I hope that they would. I can name a couple of individuals that I know that can't live without those items. Fish would be one, like sushi. Uh, I remember someone saying a comment to me, well, I couldn't live if I didn't have sushi for lunch every day. And I go, yeah. do you have any idea? And yet in the same breath, they have an affinity for a specific uh, animal creature in the ocean. And I go, do you have any idea how depleted the oceans are right. and how those fish and creatures in the ocean cannot repopulate themselves at right. the speed or the level at which we are removing them? Killing them yeah. You know, because yeah. people will say, well, Marlo, because I don't eat, I'm not a vegetarian, uh, but I don't. We don't eat any fish here in this house, lake or ocean. Yeah. And if I do, it's probably, it's once a year and it's when we're in the Bahamas and I know exactly like right, I watched. came from. Right. Yeah. Well, and I can see, I watch right. them, I go fishing, you can see right. them. But, uh, and what I do choose in terms of two or four legged creatures is I only buy my meat or my eggs from 
three farmers that right. Michigan yeah. and two in Illinois, period. Yeah. And I don't even buy that much. We don't even eat that eggs right. we eat plenty, but the other items. So it's like thinking about um, the impact, like really think big picture. It doesn't take much to educate yourself. Even if you don't have, everybody's got a device, a smart device, you can look on the internet, 100%. it takes nothing or go to the library. But, you know, the food is such a big topic. Um, but it, another one that I also feel is big and I'm making a leap um, because of our time is clothing and mm. just general stuff in your house oh yeah I know and I'm the kind of person you know I'm looking around my office right now we have um my husband and I we have a in our office we have a lot of technology because of the work we do um right. and I have a lot of papers and stuff but I I'm not a fan of clutter but there's I have resources sitting in sure. here and it's just sure. shit I've hanged on I've hung on to for years and I gut it out but in the house in general we are not allowed to buy stuff unless we absolutely it's necessary like okay the couch is not going to make it anymore we've right. done the we've done what we can figure out how to get find a company who's going to repurpose it or break it down and do what they need to do right. in a good way and then we'll get a new couch i i just don't want more stuff in our right. house um and so i think and, and with clothes too i just if I'm going to invest in an article of clothing, it is going to go to the grave with me if right. it hasn't become a rag right. in the path. Yeah. Um, because I have a real, real issue with this. And I know I say this now, and I'm sure the fashion industry, which I also was a part of, at one point in my life will come after me going, hey, you're putting me out of business. But right we've already seen in the news uh h&m was the big one in the news a few years ago how they're burning yeah because they can't yeah because they can't sell it and i just about choked yeah. i was like oh my god they can't only not sell it but they also can't send it to people who are quote unquote in need of clothes because there's such a surplus mm -hmm. they literally do not need it like that's mm -hmm. the it, you know fast fashion is one of the things that is harming this planet and harming humans. If you knew the people that were mm -hmm. making those mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. those young children and the conditions that they worked in, you would be horrified. But right. we have, this is a totally different conversation, but fast fashion has been allowed to happen because of how we view ourselves. And mm -hmm. uh, it's, oh, it's, for sure. it's less about companies, co companies are monetizing off of the fact that people want to be in trend and on topic. And mm -hmm. that's a lot of that is because of this, you know, quote unquote, worst world in the planet influencer, right. you know, mentality that you have to have what the latest, you know, celebrity or personality is wearing and it's bad. Yeah. I think what's cool though, uh, that I've seen you do, uh, on some of your little blurbs, um, I love how you talk about resourcing companies who, yeah. you know, I know yeah. REI is one, yeah. Patagonia is one, yeah. use buying used yep. clothes. That's not, you know, it's yep. not horrible. Their returns or whatever. Yeah. Talk to me about some of that stuff. Cause I've also seen you talk about it uh, or show it um, as it relates to traveling pieces. Yeah. Like yeah, talk to me a little bit about that because that yeah. I think would help a lot of people. Yeah, it's really so you can find um, 
So we are very outdoorsy. So when I say that we're minimalist, you walk into my house and you'd see, you know, three tents and four snowboards and cross countries. I mean, sure. we have equipment. I mean, so, um, but all, everything we buy is from a swap. So it's used. Um, a lot of those programs, like you were saying, REI, Patagonia, have resources where you can buy used equipment. And then within the stores, you can go in and I, I did it with a pair of ski boots that I bought on a swap. Um, and then they just weren't fitting right. And I, you know, went in there and they spent an hour with me getting them to fit the right way, you know, putting a mold in the, mm -hmm. you know, so just really, it, there are corporations and companies out there that do want to help. There's people out there like you that want to give people information and resources that they can use. Um, I'm wearing a pair of shoes um, that I've had since college. Um, mm -hmm. And it used to be really easy to find a, a cobbler, somebody to repair my shoes. Right. They, they're, they're really tough to find now, but I have found a seamstress um, who will, she's, you know, she did it for me where she put a, a new bottom on and then restitched it for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I got a guy and, too, just in yeah. case you need a backup. <laughs> okay. So it's, and it's awesome, right? Like it's so, um, so it is, um, it, it is possible. And the other thing that's super interesting about that when you do stuff like that is the amount of money that you save, like forget about the resources, but mm -hmm. when you're looking again, I am, you know, I'm talking about equipment that most people, you know, would feel beyond privileged to buy. But when you're mm -hmm. talking about a pair of ski boots that would maybe have cost you $350 and I can get them for 75. Mm -hmm. That's um, a big deal. It's a huge and have them for the next 10 years, like right. big deal. Um, so that has been, um, really interesting and there's people out there really doing it well. And I'll tell you, there's, um, bloggers out there that really give you valuable information. And if you just, and people want to learn, right? Like I think, and if you just took a second, kind of like what you said and thought twice about what you're purchasing, I do think there are, um, manufacturers and brands out there that should probably go away right mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i mean fast fashion has got to most higher end um uh, designers and retailers they they are trying to make more conscious choices um you know some of the things that go on in that faster fashion turnover we do have to change some of that mentality mm -hmm. do you think that Again, because in my head, I'm thinking of, well, one thing that crossed my mind were thrift stores. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking of one friend of mine who refuses, now she's made a change in the last few years, she re just refuses to buy um, anything that's not either from a thrift store or mm -hmm. handmade. So she happens to be a big pottery client of mine and, um, and a client in general of my other work. But uh, she loves talking about she goes garbage picking yeah. Yeah. and and then goes through the thrift stores and I love thrift stores and I haven't been in some in quite some time. And the reason why I kind of stepped away is a, I, I, we just don't need any more stuff in yeah. our house. We don't have space. It's a, a small condo, but um, I am five ten and I'm incredibly athletic cut. I'm a very Viking build kind of gal, <laughs> which is good. I mean, it's great. I have nothing against it, but 
a lot of, I have to now rethink and go, okay, maybe clothes have shifted again because for quite a while I'm like, okay, this would fit a toothpick. Exactly. That would fit my left thigh. Women were, you know, just built differently or chose to be framed differently, you know, with our Hollywood mentality. Exactly. So I would go back through, actually, I, I need to, and I'm going to hook up with this friend and say, okay, let's go shopping again. Cause I miss it. I used to have some really beautiful pieces years ago before yeah. I really took on this biking shape. Um, but I, my question and bringing it up or why I think of that is, do you think, or do you feel that, you know, when you think of the Walmarts and the targets and Kohl's or Macy's or, you know, whatever, these big box people, mm -hmm. do you think that they could or would ever really start rethinking, um, a, what they're offering, but B, like you just said, or like we both said with Patagonia and REI and some other bigger companies too, mm -hmm. like taking those returns and things that are just slightly used and just having almost kind of a, a resale section, right. you know, do you think that that would, do you think that they'll ever make a shift and stop offering so much shit? Yeah, I don't, that's a tough one, right? Because, um, and here's the thing with, with Walmart is, you know, and I, and I, I, I'm really careful when I talk about Walmart because there's mm. things about the store, but there, I can't walk into a Walmart because I, I go into, as you can imagine, my heart starts to yeah. palpitate. It's just too crowded for me. It's too much yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I, I fully, I'm with yeah. you on that. I'm but when you look at Walmart from a uh, corporation standpoint, the bottom line is they provide a lot of employment in this country. They just yes. do. Yes, of course. So, so there's, there's things like, you're like, okay, you know, there's, there's parts of that you have to embrace and you have to love. And, you know, we drive, we are not, um, we are not flyers. Um, mm -hmm we choose to drive well mm -hmm. there's nothing better than a walmart because you can hang in their parking lot overnight for free mm -hmm. um so walmart does do some cool things mm -hmm. and then there's some things when you realize they're just in business to make a lot of money and that's that's who they are so mm -hmm. i don't see that changing um to be honest with you um and I don't know what would have to shift. I mean, people would literally have to stop walking in there for that to right. shift. Um, or or they'd have to make such a dramatic change in what they're offering mm -hmm. that, and they'd have to do such a large amount of education. I mean, Target is no different. They're also, right. you know, yeah. they'd have to really rethink and repurpose uh, what they're trying to offer to their customers right. and it really explained like here's the end result we're trying to help everyone get to they'd have to get right. behind that right you know here's the thing that's so and again i, I want to be a little careful but um do you know chip and joanna Gaines? do you know who um, they are? i know their names i don't okay. I, and i keep seeing them they keep coming up and i can't yeah. remember why i know well their names. they do they did this um h the the home the house hgtv yeah so okay. they converted old farm homes. Oh, yes. Right. Like okay. kind of this cheeky, like, yeah. you know, uh, so it's just interesting. So they now have a line. So now she does everything from bakes cookies to she's a serial entrepreneur. Right. Yeah, okay. 
So there is a blogger that I follow um, who was like, listen, you can find sustainable, eco-friendly products at Target. And one of the things that she was highlighting was this brand from Chip and Joanna Gaines mm -hmm. and who are all about reducing, reusing and repurposing. Like that's mm -hmm. their whole show. And so I was like, okay, I'm super curious. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went into, you know, I don't really go into Target, but I walked right. into Target about a year ago and went to this brand and just started reading the labels. It's all manufactured in China. I was yeah. almost had a heart attack. Right. And so not only is there this blogger out there saying, look at this, Target has eco-friendly. I'm like, what is eco-friendly eco <laughs> about this? What's sustainable about this? And they've built their brand out of, hey, listen, we can find a used um, piece of barn wood and turn it into a table for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but people are so brand washed. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. You know, and they just don't realize there's so much greenwashing going yeah, on. Yeah, I was just going to say the greenwash. Yeah, very much. it's so hard to, that's what's super hard to fight is that, you know, people are brand loyal. And then the, you know, these people that are, you know, you know, these brands then greenwash to gain a population. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's sad, you know, like, like Essie Johnson was, I don't know if I can even say this, but um, I may get in trouble, but you know, they have their green list, quote unquote, it's a list that they put together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're a privately held company. Right, like, right. Dude, that doesn't make you green. <laughs> no, like you need an environmental working group to right. put the list together and there might not be a very long number of ingredients on there. Oh. Yeah, it is a it, the greenwashing that goes on around the environment. That's also what makes me a little not not a little nauseous. It makes me a lot nauseous many days. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I just thought, okay, I know what I do on a daily basis to the best that I can, uh, right. and what I can do is help, and I have over time is to just help educate and. I always have to be very mindful of how pat no I, I try I shouldn't say this. I'm mindful about how passionate and frustrated I get mm -hmm. when I'm talking around certain topics because I realize that others are not nearly anywhere close to the level of passion I am. Right. And that sometimes I think what I get frustrated with is that I am modeling the process in the best way that I can. Am I doing everything? No, of course not. But I'm doing things that I know that I make a difference, particularly right. community wise. Mm -hmm. And so I think where I get frustrated is that people are just willfully, consciously, no, I'm not going to do that. No, right. I don't really care. I don't give a, you know, rat's right. ass. And I'm like, oh my God. And, and and to those individuals who actually have the means to do something or have the ability. That's what's frustrating. That's what's frustrating to yes, me. Yes, I agree I, with I you. have far more compassion 100%. to those who don't have the access. 100%. And I want to try to figure out, okay, well, what can we do? Right. What's one simple thing we can do in the meantime or build it over time? But to those people who are privileged and have the opportunity to make 100%. changes, I, I just... I'm always baffled because the, the excuse is why I don't have time. Right. I, you know, I have a family. I just want, I don't want to have to think too hard. I just right. want this now or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. 
Yeah. Okay. In a day and age where we have more access and more convenience than ever before, when people say that they're too busy or they don't have time, I mean, that's the, so in really what they're saying to you is it's not my priority. So it, it's interesting because I coach um, high school cross country and if, you know, we had 80 kids running this past year, usually we have, you know, around 50 or 60, but, and I say, so you can, you get three absences from practice. Mm -hmm. And um, the rule is you need to send a note in, your parents have to also approve it. Um, and you just, you know, you get three absences. It doesn't, mm -hmm. we don't, mm -hmm. we don't care why. Now, of course, if there's something going on in your life and you need our help, we want to have that conversation. But the reason we stopped having people give an excuse was because then we were being asked to validate whose excuse was most sure. important, right? Sure. So sure. the new rule is, is that it, Hey, you know what? Cross country isn't my priority today. So that's what I have people, clients say to me now, just simply say, it's not that you don't have time. Of course you have time. It's just it's, you know what, it, Amory, it's just not my priority. And that's so much easier to digest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I fully agree. And I'm like, okay. You know, and then, of course, I also have to hold back coming out of my mouth. Well, you know, the planet's going to pretty much blow up by 2050. So, you know, we only got about 25 more years. So if you're okay with that, and by that time, you'll be about 70-ish five. So, I mean, it's all right. If you're okay with that but i know i'm living till 98 so i need shit to change now like let's just be real and they know and people know i'm um a i'm very direct b i don't have time i don't want to waste time on bullshit talking yeah you know or uh i just lay it as it is and uh in my former path of work or my former life people would always say well if you want an if you want an honest truth if you want the honesty or you want if you want to know really know the real deal about your project or this launch or your idea you have go to marlo because she's not gonna she's just gonna tell you like it is she's not gonna hold back so be prepared for that because you may not like it but she'll tell you exactly how it is that's awesome you know I and that. i just uh i just get tired of these excuses it really uh it's really irritating to me yeah. and so my my one of my purposes is to just do what i can if i can help one person at a time right. start making better decisions great i've i've done my job yeah. i you know each day if i can do that and so that's a lot of what these are conversations are about is to at least help someone change, even if you just change a micro percent today better or this week better than you were last mm -hmm. week. Hey, that is a step in the right direction and I will celebrate that. Absolutely. Um, but to be willfully ignorant or to consciously choose not to realize your behaviors have an impact on this planet on so many levels right that saddens me truly yeah. really frustrates yeah. me so 
like I said, we could talk for hours. <laughs> it was it was so fun, and you're exactly right. It has been, um, and I don't even think it's because um, we're talking about things we um, agree on and we're passionate mm -hmm. about. I think it's because we're both open to the possibility that there can be change, and yeah. I think that's what makes the conversation so in, um, inspiring and so inspirational and. So yeah. thank well, you th so much. Yeah, well, thank you for being with me today. And to those folks that are listening to this podcast of Marlo's Conversations with Friends, Topics Around Wellbeing, uh, you can find uh, me now on Apple Podcast, as well as Spotify, as well as on my website. And um, Anne-Marie, how can people find you? Because I know the work you're doing. And in fact, I, I when you and I first talked um the eden restoration i know yeah. folks were here in chicago land area so this will only apply to folks who are here but um i would believe i know beyond a doubt within any community there are projects like this that you can resource in your communities right yeah uh, there's yeah there's tons of um from a garden perspective there's a ton of nonprofits and community gardens that are out there so just you know, do a Google search. I mean, mm -hmm. quite frankly, um, and there's, you know, definitely some incredible projects um, out there to get involved with. Um, I, um, I have a sustainability blog um, on Instagram um, and then a new venture, um, less media, more me talking about the environmental, emotional, and physical um, challenges with technology. And so that's been a super um, exciting project, but there's so much from a community standpoint, so much to get involved with, um, you know, and people will welcome the help by the way. Yeah. And, and from, you know, urban gardens uh, to food sharing, to uh, CSA, to yeah. uh, repurpose, you know, just repurposing reducing in terms of building communities in general like literally building like habitat for humanity kind of stuff but um yeah there is so much out there so i encourage listeners to just take a step forward do, do take a step forward in your own home but do something bigger than yourself and take a step and try to help someone else and it doesn't have to be a monumental shift you don't have to save the world uh just take one step, just try, just investigate it, have a conversation and find something that feels comfortable for you. Because um, it could lead to really wonderful people, but wonderful different kinds of opportunities. So I encourage it greatly. Absolutely. Keep doing good work. You're awesome. Uh, thanks. So thank you again. And um, I look forward to the next conversation we're going to be having whenever that is. Absolutely. Be well. Be well, everyone. Mm -hmm.